travelers to another episode of the never-ending adventure i am russell tendall one of your co-hosts and i'm here with uh dj netty p as always as always and we're talking about uh season three episode four hitman this week uh this is our 60th episode which is about as exciting as it gets man that's pretty cool it's crazy dude if you really i mean if we really sit back and think about you know the time we went going to studios and the time we spent on the computer like We've yeah. put easily over 300 to 400 hours into this podcast. In and thousands of dollars. 60, thousands, thousands of dollars. Thousands of dollars. Maybe 500. <laughs> maybe 500. It's all going to DJ Cowboy Hat. Uh, we're greasing his pockets, um, which kind of flows back into this episode. We're talking about Hitman. Uh, and we got this scorcher coming in. And we got Ice King greasing his pockets about... Halfway or toward the end of this episode, we don't really need to skip that far in, but just figured I'd bring it back to what we're talking about. If you are a first-time listener, uh, I've never listened or watched or seen anything about Adventure Time other than like an episode or two in season one um, since it came out, really. And Ned is a long-time Adventure Time lover. Long time. Uh, and, and the best part about it is I, even as a avid fan, will continue to literally dive into every episode and catch things that I've never seen catch concepts I've never seen, think about things I've never thought about. And, you know, it makes it for a nicer ride than just watching the show for a seventh time through, like binge style, you know? Yeah. And and anyone new, you know, uh, welcome. We are your traveling parents. Uh, both of us are your mamas. Um, that's not that's really. the creepiest way you could have put that possible. <laughs> Especially <laughs> out of context. Your, well, I'm your context traveling from, daddy. Yeah. Season one, <laughs> no, sorry, season two, episode one. Uh, that was a reference to uh, Marceline's father. Anyways, he says, I'm your mama. I'm your uh, mama. But a segment we like to do sometimes whenever we have it available is the Traveler's Log. And this yeah. week, we have two Traveler's Log emails to read. So yeah, we'll man. do that real fast, and then we'll hop into the episode. Ned, do you want to kick off the first one? Yeah, I got the first one. Um, we have one from a Casey. And uh, Casey has a note kind of about... Um, the way Russell watches the show. And she says, I love the podcast, the dynamic of the first-time viewer mixed with someone who's watched it through several times. It's a great idea. Wanted to write in that Russell's theory about PB having Finn's DNA back from the episode um, where Finn gets the smart glasses and he has all the spit bubbles that he hands over to PB and she has his DNA. Um, Russell had a theory about uh, PB cloning Finn because now she has a DNA. Um, but then Casey also says also, although she doesn't clone him from the spit, she does clone him, um, to create Stormo in the Goliad episode, which Mm. is really cool. So there is a reference to PB meddling in the DNA cloning world. Interesting. Um, so it's really cool that actually one of our travel travelers caught Russell's theoretically speaking, and applied it to a future episode and was like, hey, like, he is technically right. So she, like, yeah, Casey, you you hit it on the hammer on the head there for sure. 
I can't believe someone's listening that close to a stupid podcast that we do. It's not stupid. We love you guys. But wonderful podcast. It should be. It's should a be wonderful the most, podcast. Should be the most listened to podcast on on Spotify <laughs> at this point. You know, I want it to be. I want it to be. Um, all right. Well, let's hop into uh, that James fella sent us a traveler's log about episode fifty six. Uh, I believe that's NEA 56. I'm not sure what we were talking about there, but I think it's toward the end of season two. It says, hello, I've been meaning to email the Traveler's Dog for a while now since it was created uh, back, uh, well, I guess that was season one. I'm not really sure when that was. Yeah, you hit it at the I, end of season one. Yeah, I, I just want to say that how awesome this podcast is. You, this just sounds like we're tooting our own horns, Ned. These aren't <laughs> yeah, really Yeah, I know. I'm just, I'm just lubing myself up over here. <laughs> oh, gosh. <laughs> you guys really nailed the vibe, except for what Ned just said. Uh, I reached out to Russell on Instagram when I first started listening and catching up, and I absolutely um, say this is one of my favorite podcasts, go-to podcasts. On to a couple things about the latest episode. So when Ned mentioned Princess Bubblegum being able to hang, but also scheming behind the scenes. I don't think those two things have to be separate. She can kick it while also hatching uh, potentially morally ambiguous plans, right? And I agree. She definitely can. She can be scheming. People do it all the time when you like when you feel like you got to... And she doesn't have to be a fake friend. She could be a real friend and yet still have kind of an end goal, which is... Mm, I, don't, I don't love it. Yeah, I just I think I think I will still stand behind my statement on that with just like the somewhat ulterior motives, especially through the early seasons. Um, I, I I'm sure that a lot of people give PB some credit because she becomes a little bit more of a real character later on in the seasons, especially when Gumball's introduced, especially when she becomes a little bit more humanized and loses control of the world that she's created. Um, so I still stand behind that the scheminess behind it is still still wigs me out. It's it's totally possible. Like I, I don't discredit you. I think we all do that to some degree in a lot yeah, of our true. work and life situations, you know. Yeah. But with PB, you know, it's it's kind of like the hang the hangness with Finn, and then you're no, you know that she's like. Is she doing a science experiment on him or does she actually want to hang with him? Like and that's where the I flirtation, always like there's so yeah. many elements that bother me. Well the flirt the flirtation mixed with like the mad scientist is is usually means for at least the immediate next couple of seasons, there's some ulterior motives involved. Yeah. Uh that James fella goes on to say, another thing I wanted to mention is that Ice King is the literal and absolute Worse this season, talking about season two. (laughs) I'm standing with Russell on this one. Sorry, Ned. While I obviously adore Simon and love the whole storyline, it's hard to form words about how much I despise his actions. This goes back to what I mentioned earlier. I think it's okay to feel two ways about a situation. I got mad respect for him. Uh, Just hate him and his character development stage. Uh, Thanks so much for talking about a show that I've loved for years. You guys are awesome. Keep up the good work that James fellow. Yeah. Good, good thought, James. I mean, it's really good thought in my opinion, because that's how exactly how I feel about how I met your mother. Um, there are seasons where I understand the character development of Ted and I freaking hate it. And there's seasons where I understand the character development of Robin, but I hate her, you know? And so I think there is maybe, you know, something to say about character development and then going through a season where you're like, that was so bad that 
you know, it, it was so crucial for it to happen, but it was so bad. And <laughs> talking about time. someone who's like there, but also manipulating things, Lily, from How I Met Your Mother. Exactly. like the ultimate of that. She is the mm-hmm. pinnacle of being a friend, but it, she has like her own interior motives where she's like forcing, I mean, spoilers, I guess, for that show. Like, oh, yeah, gosh, breaking up. Spoiling How I Met Your Mother for uh, everybody. But Ted and uh, all his relationships, if they don't fit, the image that she sees in her head for their friendship. It's Yeah, it's she, like, she, to- she totally sucks that season, even though she's like one of the more likable characters on the show. Yeah, So, but that, that That's why I say James' good point to saying, although you appreciate the entire character development arc, it's really <laughs> still, to Russell's point, can 100% be the most punchable character in the episode. Yeah, totally. Well, let's get into this, Ned. Let's get in the hit, man. We're talking... Um, the Breakfast Kingdom. This is yeah, a new man. kingdom for us. What do you? What are your vibes on the Breakfast Kingdom? Well, I did take a moment. I did, it took me the second time watching it to realize I'd paused on the scene where it showed the outside of the Breakfast Kingdom. It's in the middle of the desert, so it kind of gave me when they were on they were tart toting through the desert, um, and they had like oil drum, like yeah, like an oil rig kind of spilling a thing. into the breakfast kingdom, but it was obviously syrup. So I was like, whatever, maybe oil in from the old world became pancake syrup during the mm. Great Mushroom War, and I was like, that's kind of cool. I wonder if it's kind of in the scope of the Candy Kingdom because I guess for some because of Elf, I always combine syrup and candy together. Exactly. Um, well, and it's it, 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 something pasta. about you know the Candy Kingdom has sugar and candy as the lifeblood that, you know, the breakfast kingdom has syrup as the lifeblood. Mm. Well, I kind of was, it felt weird to me because the hot dog kingdom is the same thing where it's so small and there's only a couple people living in it. I don't really like the small kingdoms. I think I want them all to be like grand and, and gorgeous looking. Well, you do learn in a later episode that the they have a, what is it called? It's like a conference of princesses. And it reminds you of like the weird, like doctor conferences at hospitals. And the Breakfast Kingdom does, they host that conference in that episode. And they do contribute. They basically like send breakfast foods to all other kingdoms. So they do have a very important like economic aspect to the the land of Ooh. They have a a trade aspect. So although they are small, they do play a part that's mentioned in the show about being the major exporter of like eggs and bacon and all that stuff. Well, even though the outside of the kingdom kind of blows, the inside is amazing. The orange yeah. dripping juice from, or the oranges that are dripping juice from the ceiling, just hanging down a toast phone. Like there's so many little things about her bedroom, I guess is all we really saw of it. That. I loved. I thought it was so cool. Even Allie, despite not eating breakfast ever, loved it. <laughs> it wasn't the tops of the episode, but it was close. It was it was really cool. It had us debating if uh for some reason, I don't know how we got onto this, but if Waffle House has uh egg and hole, which I guess oh, because technically that's what uh the breakfast princess is, right? An egg yeah. and hole. Uh if Waffle has that on the menu or not. And I'm not know, sure man. if they do. It doesn't I, really matter. I, I live in Georgia now, so I, you know, have ample chances to ask Waffle House if they can oh, make that for me. So love me some Waffle House. Love me some Waffle House. If you haven't had Waffle House out there, you ought to find one. And there there are like more Waffle Houses per people in Georgia. But you know, most states have 
one or two, give or take, <laughs> you know? Yeah. I had to introduce Allie to the Waffle House and it Ooh. is terrible next, and so great. Next, Waffle House is my breakfast kingdom. Let's just say that. Man, too many tangents. Um, <laughs> can you guess what my sexy character is of this episode? Oh, we're, we're already on this intro topic. So I think you're going to say the baby breakfast princess. Did you say baby? Yeah, there's breakfast two breakfast princesses. No, that's that's gross. <laughs> but I'm totally that's right. Gross. No, you're not. No, the breakfast princess, not the toast princess. Okay, is the it breakfast but, princess? But not, is your is it your lovely? Yeah, your no, it's my sexy character. character. Yeah, your sexy character. Dude, yeah, nothing yeah, sexier than breakfast in bed. I want to have your baby. She got it. She got it going on for Adventure Time princesses in this universe. I'd say I think that. So. Well, here's the issue. Allie brought up, does she expire? Ooh, good and question. That's kind of, it almost makes me want to take it back. It makes me want to not have her as my sexy character. But no, I, there, she doesn't okay. expire. Again, I, I think that brings back to my like lifeblood of the syrup. I don't know. Something about the preservation, <laughs> <laughs> the sugar and preserving breakfast princess uh, forever. Well, preservation, dude. Ice King comes in there, super creepy. And he pours, instead of a love potion, honey onto a bagel, I think. Yeah. And that, man, I mean, honey's my love potion. So I'll put that on just about anything. And it just plays into the whole, she's my sexy character of the episode in a weird kind of a way. You know, um, you know what's funny that you mentioned that is that, you know, I watched it through and it was like, he Finn was like, no more love potions. He's like, that's why I used honey. And I was like, did he actually put any extra potion in the honey? Or did he just think that honey was like sweet and honey would make a woman fall in love with him? Man, the is ice it just, king is, is it just he's normal speaking my honey? love language. He's just, <laughs> just speaking like, my love language. I, I love honey, man. Yeah, I do. I do love me some honey. That's for yeah. sure. It's canonical. That was, it was in, it was uh, like three fourths of my everything breakfast burrito that I made the Whoa. other episode. Yeah, when we you made your, it. yeah, you made your everything burrito. Everything burrito. That's what it was. Um, but yeah, and then we go in and Finn grounds Ice King, and that brings a new weird dynamic between them. I guess Finn's forgiven him for his sins, if you will, from uh, Mortal, from Mortal Folly, Folly episode. Yeah. Well, you can tell a different that dynamic. That's you interesting. You can tell Finn and Jake are a little bit more on edge about Ice King after Mortal Folly because, like, there were some episodes where. Ice King might have been messing around and they may have taken it a little bit more lightly, but they they bust in and they're ready to like bust him up like a cop, you know? Yeah. And I think that is that is the byproduct of the end of season two with Mortal Folly. And they're like, no, we're not putting up with any more of your antics. We're grounding you. Um, I just thought it was so funny. I, lo- I mean, I love this interaction between Finn and Jake and the Ice King is that they're like, you're grounded. And he's like, it all starts out with like, who are you? You can't tell me what to do. And the more he amps up the weeks, he's like, come on, I didn't do anything. <laughs> and his bubble butt at the end. And his bubble butt at over. the end. Like, I would say, I'm not sure if that's my tops of the episode, but that whole interaction is pretty <laughs> darn close. It's pretty funny. I don't know why, but the when Jake is holding up two peace <laughs> two, signs. Two peace signs. He's like, what's with the peace signs? And he's like, oh, no, sorry. I'm just telling you how many weeks you have. It's like not even that funny, but that cracks me up. And I was like, it's, you got four fingers, bro. Just, I don't know. It doesn't matter. It yeah. just made me laugh. It was, well, no, it's, it's, it's a good, I think that's that Adventure Time subtle humor of like, 
nothing crazy is happening in this scene, but just like little weird life interactions like that, interacting with the Ice King being like, you're grounded, and then a peace sign <laughs> interaction, and then calling him bubble butt. Like, that's like, <laughs> that's a whole minute. That's that's one-tenth of the episode, if you think about it. And, yeah. And that's it kind why of that's, it's kind of golden, you know? Yeah, it's great. But it made me, I was going to ask you if you have ever been grounded or if you had any good grounded stories. And I assume that neither one of us really do because we were lame as kids and were rule followers <laughs> and didn't disobey our parents for fear of losing their pride in us. I could be wrong. You know, that that's the funny thing. You, I thought about this in this episode and I was like, I don't think I ever was grounded because I think that like my parents probably thought like just sending me to my room to go like play with my toys and like just go hang out by myself was not really a punishment, you know? Yeah. It's I just was like, so... oh yeah, I could, to- I could totally, I mean, to this day, I could probably sit alone in my room even without my phone and probably like entertain myself Chill. for yeah. a while or like you have to go read a book and be like, okay, this is cool. I might be doing that anyway. So like, why is this punishment? Yeah. You know? So I never really was grounded. I did get my phone taken away a lot. You did get TV privileges taken away a lot. And that that's kind of a similar gr- like grounding situation. So I guess, I mean, kind of low stakes there. I was so afraid of disappointing my parents that I, I mean, one time I was sent to my room and I think I cried. I was like six or something. But <laughs> anyways, it led me to asking the travelers on our Instagram account. So if you're not following us there, go check us out on Instagram. If they had any funny getting grounded stories, and we got a couple responses, I'll read my three favorite. That's cool. Oh, yeah, um, please do. Real fast. Cold of Egress, which don't know what that means. And if it means something bad, that is know. an adventure time thing. Okay, I cool. We'll just say that. It, yeah, they, they are an OG. I've seen them following us for a while. I love the Cold of Egress account. You guys run an awesome cool. account. I love it. Damn, big promotion. Uh, Cold of Egress said, I would say fart instead of the F word, but my parents didn't like that. Said fart too many times and got grounded for it. And I think that is pretty great. I just hope that you said mother farter. That's all I'm hoping. Mother farter. (laughs) I'm really hoping that that's what got you in trouble. Yeah, I I hope your parent was like, you done farted up, son. Or (laughs) daughter, you farted up. Uh, Anyways, so next we got... Uh, King Sipe, I don't know, 756, S-E-P-E, 756. Um, how to, let's see, I got grounded because at school, they caught me watching how to blow up a condom like a balloon in school, and they called my mom. <laughs> okay, yeah, th- that makes sense. That's that's embarrassing more than anything. Like, if your yeah. mom gets called by the school, and you're, like, looking up something like that. And also, why are you looking that up at school? I would, I if know. my kid did that ever, I would probably laugh and be like, go to oh, your yeah. room. You're in trouble for getting suspended from school. You're not in trouble from me. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, I think that's a good point. Yeah, inappropriate for the school. Uh, Chris P. Bacon says, uh, I threw a fork into the sink from five feet away. I shot, uh, and it sounded like an atomic bomb went off. So I'm guessing that was like the garbage disposal or something. It's, yeah, I don't know. That's pretty wild. Yeah. Interesting still pretty reason wild, to get grounded. Not as bad as trying to poison princesses, though. No, I still love the 
love getting saying fart too many times and getting <laughs> grounded for that. That's pretty great. That is good. That is a good grounding story. So he gets grounded and he does go back to the Ice Kingdom and he is actually taking it seriously, which I thought was really funny. So he's like <laughs> He, he knows he's not supposed to leave the Ice Kingdom because he'll get in trouble with, which I also, I think is kind of sweet in the same time that like- It is. I, is I feel of, indifferent about him, man. Is that weird? Like I'm yeah, well, cool well, what do you with mean? Ice King right now. You're cool with him? I, I just feel, I guess I feel indifferent. I think that's a better way of putting it. I, it's okay. He's fine. He's doing his thing. I was really heated at the end of season two. And at the moment- I'm just like, hey, it's Ice King. He can be funny sometimes. He can suck sometimes. But in this episode, he's just kind of the Ice King. Yeah, it, it reminds me, it reminded me a lot of the Nice King episode where Finn and Jake are kind of, you know, they're not, he's not evil per se, but they are, they are managing their relationship with the Ice King. And they're managing it from an arm's distance for sure. Um, and that arm's distance is, Hey, the Ice King's ridiculous. He's going to do ridiculous things. We don't have to beat him up every time we see him. We can just, you know, mess with him. We can kind of just mess with him and say he's... You can kind of tell Finn and Jake are messing with him too. You know, like... they, yeah, they I totally agree. They're, they're putting him. up they, with them, but they're yeah. not... And they're not like mad at him. They're not really taking him seriously. They're like, just get out of here, Ice King. What are you doing? Like, you're grounded. Go home. Yeah. Sort of a vibe. Instead of, we're going to beat you up. We're going to... You know, kick your butt. Yeah, it's, it's not like that, you know, first season where it was just like every time you have an encounter, you're going to like get into some big fight in that Ice King. Ice King also, he considers Finn and Jake his buddies. And I think he, at his core, is still really upset when his actions disappoint Finn and Jake. I think that does upset him. Um, because obviously them being, you know, similar to getting grounded with your parents, you know, you're not mad at your parents for being your parents. You're mad that you got in trouble, you know, mm -hmm. and you don't not love your parents. And that's why he wants to hit them. He's like, I just want to do something. I'm so angry. I want to just hit them. He wants you know? to hit them or hire a hitman. He doesn't know what a fireman is or a hitman in this episode. <laughs> He's like, I didn't hire a fireman. <laughs> I hired a hitman. Uh, it's, yeah, I ordered a hitman, not a fireman. Like, you know... The Scorcher, we'll just go ahead and introduce my lovely, the Scorcher. Ooh, good lovely. Give, give, give me some sugar, baby. I dig the Scorcher. He's he's a creepy boy. He's a real keep creepy boy. Um, but as his PC bio says, he's uh, quick, quiet, and relentless. And yes. in the first introduction of him, he comes in and Ice King comments on, oh, that was quick. You know, oh, you're real quiet. And then he relentlessly goes after Finn and Jake for the rest of the episode, even after Ice King kind of disappoints him and goes, oh yeah, I stopped the treehouse from burning down. He's great, man. I, I did I did the scorcher. And at the end, he leaves that note. Um, did you look up what it says? I got it right in front of me. Yes, I said. did. I did look up what it said. Um, do you want to read it? Or you want me to read it? Yeah, I'll read it because I got little... Uh, comments as I I've go got, through it. Um, yeah, you read it. I've got two Reddit interpretations on uh, different okay. different ways to phrase what he said. And yeah, then we we'll can really dive it into it. Uh, or we'll dive into it. <laughs> Simple play. No, yeah, we're getting <laughs> it. Um, Get it, boy. Yeah. Echoes of the past, or echoes of past events nudged the tiller on my present course. So essentially that means his past has led him to his present state of destruction. And then it goes on to read, 
I await its reflection in the future or so essentially karma or otherwise put, he will meet his own destruction in the future. Yeah. It's like, it reminds me of the tart toter, the old tart toter. It's that same kind of deep meta yeah. awesomeness, you know? At least, I mean, I can say this one at least makes a little bit more sense than the tart toter. The tart toter was a little bit harder to interpret. Um, and, and I think it's supposed to be a little bit more like transcendental, you're on acid, like, <laughs> like yeah. you've lost your mind. And this is a little bit more of like maybe why he's quiet and relentless and he doesn't talk much is that he, um, here's, here's two great other like people, there was like a, a good Reddit thread where I read into what people kind of interpreted this as meaning in maybe a little bit more understandable, less poetic English. Where I was like, what I've learned from my previous experiences shall guide me in deciding what I do in the present. I'm ready for things that will happen to me. That was one. It was my not my lesser of these two. Uh, yeah, similar to what I said, really. Um, the other one was past memories haunt me and have melded me into this reaper. My experiences have set me on this passive path of death. I know that as a consequence, it's only a matter of time until I meet the reaper myself. And I was mm. like, "That's a that's a pretty good one, man." That's like, even better. I like he, that. He is be, he has become the thing that he knows will destroy him. Mm. You know, I thought that was really that was a really cool interpretation of that. Yeah, it's no wonder he's my lovely of this episode. He even has the way he looks is kind of Shishio esque from Rony Kenshin, where he's all bandaged up and he's got flame abilities. Is he from the Fire Kingdom? No. So that is what I I had my theoretically speaking of this episode theoretically speaking um and it's nothing that it, it gets answered but i i believe if we have already seen a city of thieves in adventure time i think there's a city of hitmen and that would I, like that. I think it's out there cuz he's super boba fett esque he is like the bounty hunter quiet boba fett of ooh if he's and, if he's uh, Boba Fett, then the blaster knot is the, the stormtroopers that can't hit anything with their ex lasers. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. It's a perfect analogy. Perfect analogy for it. Which leads me to my lovely of the episode, which was the little goblin that lived in the blaster. Oh, okay. The <laughs> that was my lovely blaster knot. The fact yeah. that him and Ice King have this really funny moment of eye contact because the goblin is completely <laughs> yeah. naked. And he kind of has this little expression of embarrassment and then jumps away. I just thought, I was like, I couldn't give that little goblin, I could not give him my lovely. That's funny. Dude, Ned, did you uh, look, There's uh, someone got hit in the boing loings. The boing loings. Boing loings. Someone boing got hit in uh, the commercial boing loings. <laughs> in the commercial boing loings. We're going to boing loing right into this commercial. Boing loing. This week is brought to you by Meat Man's Man Meat. Ned, have you ever felt iron deficient? Yes. Need a break from dieting and low-fat foods? Yes. Ever craved meat? Every day. From baby. a man? No. Oh, I love man well, meat in my mouth. <laughs> well, Meat Man's Man Meat can fill you right up. It's 100% organic, all man meat from a meat man for men. Ned, I know you've been partaking in Meat Man's Man Meat once a week for the past month. Can you can we not can we mark you off as another satisfied customer? Oh, I'm a satisfied customer that has two full hands of man meat every day. Meat man's man meat. Get stuffed. 
Welcome back, travelers. That was a great ad, man. We meet man's man meat. I love that. Oh, just tooting our horn more. Just this episode. Our horn. <laughs> no, no, no. We just we usually uh, we. No, was impressed with my writing. I think he we, enjoyed we, that. I one. was, I was. I feel like uh, a lot of times when you script too much humor, it gets a little, a little. No, sometimes. Meh. And that was. Like, I think it just depends on how I read it. Yeah, I'm not it's getting better. If we if we go back to yeah. Russell's scripted humor from season one, I think Russell has for sure oh, come on. gotten funnier in the last year, well, for sure. Now, do you think it hurts Meat Man when he gives us his meat? <laughs> I think so. I think I think it really does because whatever whatever <laughs> dream that Jake had, and when he's staring off into the sunrise with his blanket, it, like I could imagine that he knew initially that it hurt Meat Man. Randy Corn, don't eat him. Meat. meat Man, I'm sorry, man. I didn't mean that, man. Meat Man. I'm sorry. I, I was going to say, that was, I think the Meat Man side story might be my tops of this episode. It's mine too. It, easily you. the tops. Oh, yeah. thank you. I'm, I'm so, that was such an obscure top to the episode. I didn't know it's if you awesome. even think twice about it, but the, the weird little Meat Man side story had to have been the funniest part of this episode. And Jake later says, I had a dream about meat, man. I think I got to stop eating meat, man. <laughs> it's why I had to make the commercial about man meat. It's so good. It is. Best so part good. of the episode, for sure. I wanted to ask, so uh, you're a, I mean, a routine kind of a guy in my mind, at least with your mornings, you used to tell me that you'd wake up and watch Adventure Time. Not kidding. That is what Ned used to do. He'd wake up early, way before work, and then watch Adventure Time. Um, sounds like I'm selling you as a co-host. <laughs> what is your coffee routine now? Uh, it is you definitely wake up. I'm a breakfast first thing person. Um, okay. when I'm in a good routine, it's oatmeal every day. When I'm in a bad routine, I crave something super salty. So I understand breakfast meat. I understand. I want, I want, I want not a breakfast burrito. I want a full on Chipotle burrito first thing in the morning. That's what my wow. body craves. Um, Man, I just want, I want to have those Jake the dog coffee vibes in my life. Like once I get a porch out front, I just want to mm, sit in like a rocking more, chair. Morning vibes. Just, oh, that sounds so good. Do that for like 20 minutes, just thinking my own thoughts or watching Good Mythical Morning or something like that. that if that's my future, I'm super cool with that. Yeah, I need to just do that more and just like go outside in the mornings. Get like the, the morning the morning breeze, the time between 7.30 and 9 a.m. is probably my favorite time of the day just to be outside in general. I'm not so a I, morning person, but I totally agree. When you get mm -hmm. up and you get moving in the morning, I've never regretted doing it. I've only regretted laying in bed for another hour or two and hitting snooze. But I do that every day. I just, but on the rare occasion that I do get up, I've never regretted doing it. it I'm working on it. I've got a, a wellness tracker, like a Excel spreadsheet that I'm working on right now. And two of the columns are, did I go to bed on time? Did I wake up on time? And I'm just trying to hold myself more accountable and also track my coffee intake, how it affects my anxiety, my acid reflux, everything, you know, just everything essentially. Um, I got you. But so, so you're saying though, for that routine, like maybe there should be a column for like, did I have a meat man contemplation type of morning? Mm, I like that. Did I did I have my moment of um, self reflection this morning from from the dreams I had the night before? 
Yeah, my normal morning, if I could get into routine, it used to be wake up, have half a bagel or a protein bar and go to the gym and just knock that out. Because when you work out early on, it just gives you that vibe like I did something productive today already. And you just know I'm competitive or, or maybe it's just my ego speaking here, but I just know that like a lot of people aren't doing that, including myself most of the time. Mm-hmm. So when I do it, I'm like, yeah, I got a leg up today. I'm killing it. Yeah. I mean, I'm, I, I'm going to be, once I get myself, we, actually routinely after both of the times I've moved, I've ended up in seasons of incredible laziness because like moving such an in, intense process that I get super lazy, but I need to get back to my, my meat man type of mornings where. Yeah, you got it. You'll you know, get there. I'll get there. But I but I'm with you, man. The super tops of the episode. Just the whole meat man side story. Loved it. Well, you actually wanted to talk about something else when we came back in and I kind of took that over. Yeah, I did. Well, I just wanted to talk about we we ended on boing loings and just not passing over that moment as being probably one of literally just based on TikTok and Instagram comments. This is a quote in a moment that apparently resonates with a lot of fans a lot more than I thought it did until we started entering into somewhat of an influencing Adventure Time universe, you know? I didn't really get it at first. I mean, I, I by that I mean, it didn't seem funny to me until the third or fourth watch when I noticed that the hitman or the scorcher was distracted by him saying that eventually. Nothing else distracted him. But Ice King was like, I'm going to sit on this one for a minute. I'm going to figure out (laughs) if he's got that itch, you know, to look. You know, in the original episode, the line was supposed to be somebody got hit in the nuts. And he was like, he was going to say hit in the nuts. But obviously, that wouldn't fly with the Cartoon Network show. So they went with Boing Loings, which I thought kind of makes the moment even better. It does. they are making a full-on somebody got hit in the nuts joke. And this was what we we made a nod to a hit in the nuts joke um, when Marceline kicks Ash in the nuts, um, what, two episodes ago? One or two episodes ago. Um, I can't recall. And, we, yes, and I said so. that that was one of the first times they introduced like nut-kicking jokes. Um, mm-hmm. So again, now that we have our second one of season three, we can kind of see the maturity of the writing already happening. They're making, they're already pushing the limit with the jokes <laughs> in terms of what could be aired on Cartoon Network, you know? Yeah. I just, that's surprising to me that that's such a favorite of the fandom. It is, yeah. It's, it is a, one of the tops in terms of like fandom quoting moments is the boing, is the boing lines. See, and I even I don't thought it why. was funnier. I thought what was funnier was when Ice King was negotiating with the Scorcher. He was like, you can destroy my least favorite princess and then LSP and then Ghost Princess. That that was like much funnier in my mind yeah. than when he was saying Boing Willings. But that was I'm actually silly. one of my runner-up uh, tops of the show this week was when he's like, don't burn my love mitts. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I thought that yeah, was... I totally went over my head like one of the... Like, you know, all these times I've watched it, but he, he referred... To his hands. Yeah, he says, I can't his, touch her with my love mitts. With my love mitts. <laughs> yeah, like, it's, it's relatable. I, yeah. Go ahead, destroy LSP, uh, you know? No, I'm just well, kidding. She was great in the last episode, or the yeah. first episode of the season, one, one or the other. Well, it's so funny. I, I do think one of the best like running jokes in Adventure Time is that Ice King doesn't like LSP very much. 
And I think it's That's because awesome. they would be so, they would do so well together. Oh, like, you think so? They would, like, it'd be the, uh, like, the similar, they'd be so similar together. They would just, like, they would riff off each other. I'm sure that they would hold each other account. Like, every time that Ice King's an asshole, like, LSP would call him on it. And every time LSP would be an asshole, Ice King would call her on it. And, like, you've he heard could, it here first NEA podcast, Ned. Shipping Ice King and LSP. Yeah, I'm surprised. I, it, I honestly, it, it'd be like the most K. Like, I don't think anybody would like to be around them, but they would be oh, good right, for each right. other. <laughs> yeah. You know, is your is your right right? Is that an LSP reference when you go, no right, right, no right. no? That's I I I do this thing, guys. If you don't know, I do this thing where I'm gonna go. I go right. Oh right 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 right. Like yeah. a very sarcastic right. It it came from high school. Um, okay. it, was, it was something that some kids did to teachers. To piss them gotcha. off, the te- teacher would say something, and they'd go, "Oh, oh right, 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 right." And that was—it mm. it was a very disrespectful thing to do, but it's funny. I hate it. I hate it. <laughs> it's, it's pretty <laughs> bad. It's pretty bad. Oh man. Uh, it, but honestly, so we we were getting to this point in the episode where we were um, finally on meeting Scorcher and everything like that, and we do have to say, burns the treehouse down, attempts to attempts to. Simon comes in and, oh, excuse me, Ice King. He's not Simon at this point. Simon, <laughs> Ice King comes in. It's, it's really hard for me not to do it. when no, I, you're good. I start to see him in moments like this and my mind goes to Simon. Feels more um, Simony than Ice King, I guess. Yeah, and, th- and that's what I'm getting at here. He, he has some epic powers. He does his, you know, most of the time we've seen Ice King's like ice powers, like Finn and Jake are easily able to defeat them. Right, he doesn't seem like a powerful person. He stops the treehouse from burning down. He does his icy, like, wind, I icy winds to get whatever death spirit thing that Scorcher was trying to do. I think it was just smoke. I think he turned himself in the smoke and was going into their lungs and was going to suffocate oh, them. Oh, that makes sense because I guess because he's a Scorcher. That does yeah. make sense. Um, but Ice King really puts on this facade of protection in this episode and that he's really freaking good at it. Like he has hired one of these black market hitmen to kill somebody and pretty much all of his powers negate the Scorchers like attempt to kill Finn and Jake and and Ice King does it almost effortlessly. Yeah, I think it's a hindrance though because isn't in Pokemon, maybe Pokemon logic shouldn't apply, but I think ice is weak against fire. So I think it's all temporary. I mean, even when he does the igloo, like it's melting. Uh, the Scorcher could have killed them when he freezes them at the end, despite, you know, uh, Ben and Jake being like, no, don't do that. You've been wrong this entire time. You, or you've been attacking us. We don't trust you. And then he freezes both of them and to like stop their pulse as yeah. much as possible, you know. But but I think I think it's... More like a, a little bit less of like a Pokemon. Yeah. Like, I just think ice I say that just because it's, it's just so bold of him to go up against Scorcher and like punch him in the shoulder and tell him not to do certain things, even though he knows how relentless he is. And he even hires a hitman, the hit, the hitman, the um, Blastronaut. 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 A yeah. $100 hitman. I mean, don't. You know, that's a cheap hit, man, man. You, you get what you paid yeah. for. <laughs> he's, cheap, he's cheap. Yeah, he did get what he paid for there because it was a very Samus-esque looking 
um, <laughs> like Ant-Man that got sliced in half very easily. Mm-hmm. But I just, I continue, I, I'll make the nod to the fact that like Ice King in his attempt to keep Finn and Jake safe is when his powers come out like really strong. And that like, although, you know, Scorcher's hitting them with like balls of fire and his like uh, ice dome protects them. Um, Icy winds, the, you know, snow out of his mouth, all of it is, it's like, and this is where I want to kind of hit the heartstring with my like it OG Adventure Time fans is that it is a big nod to Simon that he shows his true colors when he's protecting people that he loves. Um, and that he may be goofy, he may have wizard madness, he may try to hit on princesses, but when it comes to protecting those he loves, he's incredibly powerful. Like stupid, like stupidly powerful to where, like you kind of mentioned, he's not even trying to fight Scorcher. He's just literally trying to hinder him. Um, and he does it rel- relatively effortlessly, you know? Yeah, he's driven by the power of wanting to have someone like you a lot. Like you. somebody like you at all. I'm just kidding. Yeah, I totally agree. It seems that way. It seems like in this show, people's true power comes out when they are fearful for the people that they love, the people that they care about. Yeah. And I we think see, I usually mean, just Jake and Finn and, and back and forth or vice versa, really. But in this episode, that's a good point. I mean, Ice King does go way out of his way and sticks up to the Scorcher and tries to save them when he realizes he messed up and he hired a hitman and not just a man that's going to hit them. Yeah. And I, and I think it's, I mean, it's, I think it's incredibly noble of Ice King too, in terms of just like protecting Finn and Jake. Um, they were the ones that grounded him and they, and they continue to yell at him throughout the episode and he could, he could get madder and madder. And then just like, he could end up at a point where he just didn't care. He'd be like, I'm hmm. literally trying to help you guys. I mean, even though it was his mistake, but he's literally just trying to help them the whole time. And they keep yelling at him because they're like, get out of here, Ice King, get out of here. He could have just taken a moment and been like, okay, I won't help you anymore and like let Scorcher do his business. Yeah. Um, but he's like in his OG nature, he is a protector. And it really, it really okay. shows through here. And even the Ice Dome, to all my fans out there, reminded me so much of the Elements miniseries when we find the Ice Elemental and she's in an Ice Dome in terms of protecting herself. And it's, it's a, I think it's a nod to that, that he's got these super protective ice powers and that he is one of the four elementals. He's super powerful. And that like, we can't not, not think about, we can't not think about how powerful he is. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and I love it. And I don't know. I just, I had a, I had a little rant there. No, but I dig it. Yeah. Just the well, fact man, that like, the- even I couldn't help saying Simon, at that point. And I was like, Simon wants to help them because it makes you, <laughs> yeah. when you go back and you rewatch this episode in this season, we start, like this is maybe one of the fir- first times I've truly seen some Simon come out of Ice King in this episode. Cool. cool. I like it. Well, I'll keep, I'm going to note that. I mean, you mentioned earlier, what was the episode you referred to earlier? Uh, the Nice King. Yeah. I like this episode so much more 
than the Nice King. I think this yeah, shows such a nice more real, King. such a more cool side of the Ice King. I haven't fully forgiven him, you know, anyone who's curious about that, but <laughs> I I like him in this episode. I think it's it's just he's fine. He's cool. Yeah, it's it's the beginning of the humanization of him, I think. Cool. In the Nice King, it showed you that he has a different side of just being the evil person or the evil Ice King that only does ice things. Um, yeah. The Nice King was like, he's evil, but he's also like scheming. And this is the first one that you realize he's annoying and Finn and Jake are annoyed by him, but he's not evil. And I like that a lot. Ned, I've got a an interesting question for you, I guess. Okay. When the Scorcher uses the spirit bomb, essentially, like a fire spirit bomb at the Igloo, uh, that's a, a Dragon Ball Z reference, I guess, if no one knows what a spirit bomb is, but... They trip over the snail, which is on a stump. Mm-hmm. I'm, I know the stump didn't get there on purpose, but we, I keep spotting the snail. Ever since I realized that the lich was in the snail, or we saw that the lich was in the snail from Mortal Recoil, I keep wondering if that, like stuff like that is on purpose or what is up with the snail now? He's creeping me out. Every time he shows up now, I'm like, that's the lich, right? It's still the lich, isn't it? I don't want to spoil too much. Well, it's just weird. I mean, I mean now it makes sense that he's you, in every episode because the lich is just tracking him down. The snail does come up again. And then that's as, that's as much as I will spoil it for you. But now you're making me... I, I saw the snail in this episode and I didn't think twice about it. But you are totally right that like if the snail ends up in a, every scene where they get tripped up or they lose something or they, you know, get defeated by some, you know, monster or something, that could be a great writer's point in the show that they are introducing the snail hidden in every scene where something wrong happens. And it could be, it could be kind of that like lich influence thing. It could I, be. I, I, I love that. That's, that's a great theory. Well, right when they were going into the gladiator dome on whatever episode that was in season three, I noticed it there too. He was right there. The snail was right next to the door, just kind of like greeting them to go inside. Like, he's like come oh, on. Yeah, like, this is like he's he's trying to be the instrument of like Finn and Jake's demise, even as a weird snail. Yeah. I, who knows? Ooh. But freaking, no, good. No, yeah. right, now you're good. You that I'm glad you mentioned it because now I'm gonna watch all the next episodes and be looking for the snail and like what moment was the snail introduced into the episode and it what was it a point a turning point in the episode you know well let's bring back the segment that was never a segment snail sighting until it doesn't matter once we see that there's no pattern then we'll just be like all right probably next episode it won't matter yeah, if, if the, the snail we'll might just like be on a sandwich in the next episode you never know <laughs> he might no what else do you have any factoids for us what do you got um, we actually we actually nailed down a lot of really good factoids in our conversation. Um, there was more some like really good references in this episode that um, the Ice King did have a pair on his little computer, um, which are, was a reference to um, like a MacBook and everything. And also like R. Carly has the pair phone, so I'm sure the it's pa- just like yeah, a Nickelodeon entirely does pairs. Oh no! Wait, this yeah. is a cartoon show. This is cartoon, cartoon well, Network. It's Cartoon show. Network, like you know, Nickelodeon oh. didn't obviously copper, like copyright pair phones. Oh, like that. Interesting. Um, I did like the fact that um, the episode was previous 
previously titled Hit Hit Capades, which is a nod to like Ice Capades, which was, you know, the long running like ice skating show. Mm-hmm. Um, but that's and they what realized the, it was, wasn't that great of a pun. Um, right. well. But I always love dropping those in there because I realize how many episodes are renamed after their original naming. So as it's almost I mean, we've ended up at like every episode where it's been renamed at this point. There's an, there was an original name for the episode. Um, in the original storyboard, the Ice King tries to distract Scorcher by saying someone got hit in the nuts. That was one of my other facts. Um, and the other really interesting, more like show fact about this one is it aired with the season two finale of the regular show, um, which was the episode was the karaoke video episode of regular show. But I don't think this one aired as a double with another Adventure Time episode. It aired like a solo or as in in cool. conjunction with the season two finale of regular show. So I was like, that's yeah. kind of cool that they... Um, that feels like a Dexter's Lab or like a cow and chicken type of thing. Didn't they do that a lot? They do I don't like know. I could be making 15, that up. Two 15-minute segments. I uh, two don't different know. shows, like 11 minutes each. Yeah, yeah. They, they could have done like... Well, was that called Cartoon Cartoon where they would do like... Oh, maybe it was. It might have been a yeah. whole segment on Cartoon Network. Yeah, where, where at least where that's maybe where Cartoon Network got the idea was like we're going to do a half hour segment, but didn't do three episodes of like the cartoons you love in a half hour segment, you know, people could probably look this up if they wanted to. I don't really but know. I it, I mean, this definitely, this was <laughs> post cartoon cartoon for sure. Yeah, it was. Um, but I thought that was funny that, that, that they're still continuing to do that kind of thing. Oh, Ned, I got a factoid for you. Actually, I looked it oh, up. Oh yeah. Uh, hit me. The deer is my most punchable character. The deer? I want to live, live, live. I want to live, live. <laughs> I, don't, I thought it that was bothered a... me. I don't know why. I was like, this is. It just bothered me. You don't. You don't like the uh, singing bass heads. No, it just. I, it just bothered. Yeah, I guess I don't like the. Uh, Take me to the river. Those dudes. Yeah, Weird. the little. No, I don't like the, you know electronic gets, singing fish. It's a great way to ruin a good song. Whenever you yeah. have those electronic things that people can press the button and it's in your home and it's constantly playing whenever someone comes over. I do just, just like it when kill a song for you. people have turned those things into Alexas and that's really funny. That is funny, actually. I wouldn't mind that. But yeah, no, I get what you mean. It did, in terms of most punchable, it also felt a little, a little off for this episode. I thought it was a really funny joke, but it felt yeah, a little bit like... With me. Yeah, it felt almost so out of left field. It didn't land as well. But let me, let me, I'll ask you this though. We, we talked about Meat Man. I'm looking at all my notes here. We talked about Meat Man. We talked about Ice King in the future and being Simon. I do have to figure out like, did you have any lessons come from this one? I've got one lesson. Okay. If you're paying $100 for a Hitman, you aren't going to get the best Hitman. (laughs) You're going to get just facts, man. Knock off Metroid Fusion Hitman. (laughs) Ned, I love your fidget, uh, your thing know, that five-year-olds I, play with. I know. my. I got it as a, I'm sorry, guys. I'm I'm fidgeting with one of those little poppers, those little like circular poppers. And every time <laughs> I'm on a call or on a podcast, like I can't not do it. It helps me. It, it does help me focus a lot more though. Well, if we ever have Which a visual I'm, element, people will see how ridiculous. I'm sure, I'm surprised I don't distract you because my hands are all over the place. I'm, oh no, I'm I'm ADHD enough to where your hands probably help me focus. <laughs> all right, well, I'll keep doing it. I mean, if we ever get a visual element, I'm just like, I'm, I know I'm going to have to sit up straighter. I have to 
be more professional. I probably won't be. I know. No, get out of here. People want that OG. They're going to see us. They're going to see me doing my podcast naked, you know. See us at our worst. Oh, yeah. See us at our worst. I had had one lesson that, you know, I could pull out of it. It it was, it's a good lesson just in terms when you think about the whole scope of, especially when we get the scorcher quote from the beginning that we talked about, you know, um, that your actions can have worse consequences uh, when they are done out of spite. You know, the Ice King really just wanted to hit Finn and Jake. Um, just because he was angry, you know, he's like, I just want to hit you. And that the kind of domino effect of him taking a spiteful action kind of dominoes into something out of his control. Um, I thought that that was, I mean, that's the lesson of this episode. And it's, it is a little bit harder to pick up, but like, I mean, holy crap, like, he just hired, he's like, I want to hire a hitman to punch you. And it ends up with like Finn and Jake almost dying 10 times and that like, yeah, you got to be really, you got to be careful if you want to do something to spite somebody. There's a probably a lot of repercussions to the fallout <laughs> of what could happen there. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, sure. Yeah. Like, I mean, that's it's like every cartoon ever has, or every like action yeah, the, anime the ever has a scene where it's like, don't do it. You don't need revenge. It's not the path. Sort of a vibe. Yeah. I mean, and even I in to, Avatar The Last Airbender, there's one toward the end of season three, the final season, one of the last like four episodes has a small arc where um, Katara almost goes, if I messed up that name, we just finished it, but Katara goes and tries to get revenge on a now old man who was a general of the Fire Nation army who killed her mom but now he's just this old farmer dude who hates his life and lives with a wife that he doesn't love. And it's just really pathetic. And she learns through going out and attempting the revenge um, that it's not the path. It's not the way. Yeah. But anyways. I mean, that's the lesson. It's like in simplified terms, exactly how you just put it is like revenge is not the way. Even when it's like something small, like punching somebody, it typically escalates to something out of your control and yeah. something that was a fallout or not your your intentions of how you wanted that revenge to go down so that you know that was my, for for a not so serious episode i had to have a i had to have a serious lesson i had to have something that like kind of brought us down to earth and brought us down yeah to i'm not to, gonna hold you to it though because i don't even know how you would <laughs> apply that to your day-to-day life Every Unless time I want like, every time I want to kill Russell, I always think about this lesson I learned, and I'm like, I should I shouldn't hire Hitman to go to Nashville and just you know murder Russell. Man, that reminds me of a lesson from season two where don't trust your best friends. <laughs> <laughs> it's all coming together by the end Everybody's of this whole podcast. Russell and I will be at each other's throats while well, you that's know, really while why you moved down other. to Atlanta. We just hey, couldn't stand to, seeing each about other. To murder you. um all right man let's get into our recs for this episode all right hit me with yours yeah my recommendation is old enough on netflix if you haven't checked this out it's amazing it's so short they're like 11 minute episodes of these little japanese kids that and it's all in japanese so it's subbed right and they just go and they're like four or three to four years old to like six years old, and they go and do little chores or go and buy things from their grocery store for their parents, and they bring them back to their parents, or they go and try and juice some oranges and bring it back to their parents. And it's 
adorable and funny and just an emotional journey in the most weird, ridiculous way ever. I I love it. It's so good. I have seen it so far. It is it is it is like it like brings you back to like humanity is amazing. <laughs> you know, yeah. you know what I mean? It's like you're like you watch that show after so many like depressing TikToks and news stories that you're just like watching these like little Japanese kids like go and do funny things throughout their their like city and their towns and it's it is it is yeah 100% would recommend that as well. It's adorable. It really is adorable. If you need like an upper that's a great little pick me up. Oh, so yeah. sometimes I, I'm like, oh no, the kid's crying and I get like emotional. Or you like, get emotionally involved. I, dude, I swear <laughs> Allie had a tear come down on one of the episodes because we were so It's, it's so sweet. Invested. It's so sweet, man. I'd say, well, it, on the on the note of TV yep. shows, yeah, I would what say is my, your rec, food recommendation? my rec comes from a TV show and is so fitting for this week too. Mm-hmm. We have literally binged through three, we're on season three of Barry right now on HBO. It is, is a that? show. It's, it's with uh, Bill Hader and he is a hitman, oh. um, which I thought was so funny that we were literally watching an episode of Barry before I hopped on this podcast. And he is a hitman that got into the hitman life by being an ex-Marine, um, made a really big mistake, basically killed some innocent people um, and kind of gets guilted or, you know, self-guilted into being like, I can never be a good person again. I might as well just be a hitman. And I thought the quote from Scorcher was so reminiscent of Barry's plot of like, he's a hitman, but he regret every time he kind of goes into a blind, raged, like murder, he kind of comes back and he's like, when he sits in his reality, he's like, this is not what I want to do. I don't want to be this person. You know, I don't, when he gets the quote unquote reflections of his own actions, he doesn't want to be that person. So if I could give a great wreck alongside the episode Hitman of Adventure Time, it would be the Hitman show on HBO, Barry. Ned, it almost feels like you prepared a wreck this week and I'm proud of you. I didn't even prepare it. That I, I was going to make, I was going to make a reference to Barry. In. And I didn't make it earlier in the episode, and, and then I was like, "Oh, that can be that can easily be my wreck because <laughs> we've been freaking it's and it's written and uh, written and directed by Bill Hader too." Um, I love that. I, I was fooled though. I was so like, good. "It's even called Barry." I'm like, "It's another food thing." Ned's sticking with whatever's right in front of him or no. something food related. Okay, well, I appreciate no. that. Thank you. Yeah, it's a great. Yeah, it, it, that's a that's one of my. I think I just I, I felt worse about piggybacking off of your wreck being also a show, you know. <laughs> yeah, no, it's okay. I mean, you know, I plan mine out. <laughs> yeah, you... If, you, if you want my food wreck, it's smoked bratwurst. That's what we I, have for I dinner tonight. I don't want it. I don't want it. <laughs> that sounds good. Um. Well, thank you guys, listeners. Thank you so much for following us and and reviewing and all that stuff. It's helped so much. We've got to send out quite a few stickers because people have done Apple podcast reviews. If you want to still do that, we'll shoot you a sticker and we might do some other fun things for sticker giveaways in the future and just, we'll see how it goes. But also it's been incredible, Ned. We've had a number of new Instagram followers in the past, like three weeks. Instagram is like taking over TikTok thriving. Yeah. It's been, it's been a good thriving uh, micro community that I like a lot. I think so. I'm getting a little 
nervous though, Ned. I'm feeling a little insecure. I need the travelers to like help me out. Can can someone share an like their favorite episode or whatever episode they're on of the podcast on their Instagram story? Because I'm like, are these just bots? Are these why do we have we almost have two thousand followers? Like, are these just people that like Adventure Time? Are these people that like us, the podcast, Never Ending Adventure? And are they travelers? That's that's all I want to know. But you can Instagram us at Neverending Adventure Podcast or follow us there. TikTok at Neverending Adventure Cast, Twitter at NEA underscore podcast, email us at nea.travelerslog at gmail.com uh, for more Travelers Log segments like we had earlier in this episode. We're on YouTube, uh, no video element yet, but hopefully uh, when we can afford it and you know, stickers for a review. I think we'll still post that here. We'll still do yeah, that. Yeah, I'm st- I'm sitting here staring at a stack of probably 140 stickers over here. So like, mm. please, yeah. Literally, we will send them out. I got I got envelopes, stamps, and stickers in front of me right now. I'll send them. I will send them your way. There's no longer a wait. You will receive them super quick. My mailman is wonderful. My mailman is the fastest mailman in the world. Mm. Well, if you uh, go li- out of your way, literally, I've I've met a hundred men. I hate it. I hate it. And uh, he is the fastest mailman in the world. I hate it. Uh, if you go out of your way <laughs> to like, comment, subscribe, Venmo, uh, we will. <laughs> you don't have the Venmo. Uh, yeah, and just, Venmo just like sticker, please. You just like you just do everything. You're posting about us. You go sticker, please, and you don't even want to review us. We'll send you a sticker. Yeah. We well, you. you can you can actually. So stickers cost a hundred dollars a piece. Or a review on Apple True. Podcasts. It's just one or the other. Yeah, the the currency exchange rate is ridiculous right now. Inflation, uh, the economy. Ugh. Um, I mean, <laughs> the economy chain, is so bad. You know, trigger words. <laughs> the economy is so bad. I mean, we'll be back next Tuesday. But Ned, like, all I can freaking do is just party forever. And all I have in my.